You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but for many, it is merely fiction. Join our conversation as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show, visit us online at betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. All right, guys, welcome back to uh, episode six of this podcast. And uh, I got to say, it's been quite a week, wouldn't you say? (laughs) Speaking of weeks, (laughs) yes, it has been quite a week. And we're not even to Friday. So this is a shameless setup because when we're talking about it's been quite a week, um, we're we're obviously all referencing the election. This is being recorded on November 5th. which is not, you know, intentional to capture V for, for vendetta, but we are, you know, two days <laughs> after the election, still waiting to find out who, who won the office of president. Uh, and so it's been a week with no rest. And that's exactly what we're talking about in today's podcast. Uh, we're talking about the completion of the creation week, week with a day of rest, the Sabbath. Yeah. And if uh, you're listening to this in the future and you already know what's going to happen, be sure to let us know because from where we're standing, uh, it's a little uncertain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just when you review the podcast, just like put a little you know note in in the review that says, "Oh, by the way, the president in 2020 yeah. was." That's right. Yeah. And I'm sorry exactly. if uh, if you're our Polish listener. I- I'm sorry that we're talking about U.S. politics right now. But just bear well, with us. Yeah, I have uh, three ideas of who is going to be the next president. I'm I'm open to uh, the Democratic nominee that just ran. I'm open to the possibility of maybe the Republican nominee nominee will get reelected. And then my third choice is that Zod from Superman is going to descend from space and take over the whole planet because that's it. It is 2020. It is. And that is still a better choice than Kanye. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Kanye got like 60,000 votes. So I know, right? There is a sizable population that disagrees with you. <laughs> well, I feel like I could use some rest, which is what we're talking about this week. Yeah. And uh, you know, we've we've really taken our time on the opening creation account of Genesis, and hopefully uh this is really meant to function like a prologue for the story that's going to be told. Um, but you have so many key concepts that will play out in so many ways throughout the rest of the biblical story. So um we're taking our time here on purpose. Last week we really tried to capture that there's uh, a spiritual reality behind, you know, the physical creation that you see that God creates uh, not only physical, visible things, but there's there are unseen realities as well. And I think that's interesting because another unseen reality that is involved in the creation is time itself. Uh, and there's there's not only a time in the sense that you can measure things. Time is very functional. Uh, there is time for working, and in today's episode, there is a time for not working, uh, but it's not just this empty space that's being measured. It still serves a very important purpose. And that, that leads me to ask y'all, what do you think of when you think of rest? Well, uh, a shameless plug here for naps. When I think of rest, <laughs> I think of a nap uh, on the couch with maybe watching something very passively on the television. Uh 
Or I think of like chilling, like in the outdoors somewhere, just listening to water run by in some form, whether that's on the beach at night, because I cannot stand the beach during the day, a sunburn too easy. Uh, but being a Tennessee boy, I love the sound of running water as in uh, stony, stony bottom creeks, things like that. I, I can just imagine rest. It feels like that in my mind. I'm thinking of rest, like maybe like respite, like, you know, taking a break from something for me, for instance, taking a break from uh, incessantly refreshing electoral maps. <laughs> <laughs> the the pot the podcast will not record itself. You have to quit updating at some point and, and put something. Correct. You know. right. um, so this uh, this is probably an embarrassing one to me. And I I go to naps as well uh, when I come home from uh, worship on Sunday. You know I'm a, I'm a pastor, so it's hard sometimes to participate in worship in real time because you're trying to keep the sermon uh, straight in your head. You know uh, so you can minister to the congregation through that. So my wife thinks I'm a crazy person, but every t- every Sunday, the first thing I do when I get home from worship um, is I uh, I listen to worship. I listen to our broadcast, and right after I listen to myself preach, I get very sleepy and I take a nap. Um, but I like to say that that's biblical because that's what happens. God creates through speaking, and then He rests on the Sabbath. And just as a a plug here, when I think about this whole topic, if it's if there's one area I think that just as modern Christian people that would just serve us well to have a good theology of rest. It's, it's understanding this idea of the Sabbath. So hopefully today will be helpful. Uh, another thing that I think of example-wise when it comes to the Sabbath, when it comes to rest, is a musical rest or a, the, a musical, a, a rest note in a musical score. I can think of my piano days when I was a kid taking piano lessons and that when you came to a rest note in the musical score it's not that the song stopped it's it's not that the piece ended but rather there was a ceasing of sound in order to accentuate the song itself I love that example you're really making me wish I didn't quit piano in third grade um, uh, a man after my own heart, Nathan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I had a lot of quit in me back in those days, uh, but I love that because it 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 feels very different from the music, but it's integral to the music. It's not separate from the composition. It's it's a key part of the composition. I love that image, Matt. Mm. Yeah, like the the silence itself is part of the beauty. It in perfect balance, as all good things should be. And also, just as. Uh, I took a lot of art in college and stuff like that. I think about even abstract paintings that for many abstract art just looks like a sheer mess thrown on canvas. But uh, an understanding of abstract art, it is using this negative space, a cease of design and detail and using it to try to communicate something in your image. Oh, it's like a polemic against the order of art. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty Same. good. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I am terrible at abstract art, but I, I'm really fascinated by it, and I, I respect abstract artists. I, can, I just can't pull it off. My abstract art looks way too abstract. Well, you can dig up some paintings, some pieces I did when I was uh, two with a 
finger coloring, and I I, I was pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. it, it reminds me of a line that Robin Williams has in the movie Patch Adams. Uh, someone talks about a sophisticated scientific achievement medal they won, and he says, I once drew a picture of a rabbit that got me two gold stars. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's it. I remember that. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Gandalf jokingly. You mentioned polemic, but I do think that this is uh, – you know, very connected to what we've been talking about in previous episodes. This is, uh, again, this is the capstone of the first creation account. Even after God creates man, the last of the matter, uh, God creates uh, this this day of rest. Uh, and that, and that's, what, that's what rounds it out. Yeah, and Nathan, why don't we, uh, just to help folks out, why don't we read the text? Why don't we read Genesis 2, 2 and 3? Sure, would you like me to do that? Go for it. Okay, so again, we're reading from the ESV, and the ESV for Genesis 2, 2, and 3 says, And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And it actually brings up a question I have, because... Uh, it always made sense for this day of rest to be separated into chapter two because it's kind of start. It seems like it's, you know, creation is done. But if you're saying that this is part of creation, I'm just wondering how that fits in because I'm reminded that uh, last week Matt said that because of translation issues in medieval times, that these verses are actually part of chapter one and included as part of the creation account. So help me understand this here. How does that resting fit in with the rest of creation? Yeah, that's a great question. I think two things. If you look at verse number two, it says on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. So when you read his work that he had done, think days one through six. And then also it says he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. There it is bracketed again, a reference to day one through six. And you're right, it was because of some medieval scholarship issues that we have verses one through three of chapter two connected to chapter two and not to chapter one, but it does belong with chapter one. It is following, it is following the whole chapter one thing. Um, So one of the things, Nathan, just to point out, I know we've talked about this before, the pattern of pairs. I think it's continued in in two ways. Yeah. So the pattern of pairs. Uh, you know, you're saying that even the designation of the seventh day or the Sabbath is automatically grouped with all his work that he had done. So it's almost like days one through six collectively function as the first part of that pair, and then day seven by itself is the corresponding part of that pair. Which for me. Uh, I think suggests almost that not all days are created equal. In a sense, they are, but I guess it's like, you know, during football season, every Saturday matters in a sense. But on on the other hand, at the end of the season, the championship game is just another game day, but it's really not, is it? It's the culmination, uh, and it stands off by itself as having some some surpassing importance to all the games that have led to that day. Uh, and and you you almost see that in creation with this pair of the days of work collectively and then the day of rest. So we personally believe that when God began his acts of creation, that the earth had no form and it was empty. 
and that the days of creation, just as a reminder, is God giving space and then filling the space. And it's a relationship between the first six days. Just as a reminder, the first three days, God creates day and night, and then he fills the the day and night and the light and the darkness with sun, moon, and stars on day four. The second pair is God created the sky and the sea, and then he fills the sky and the sea on day five. And then day six, God creates the land, and then day six, he fills the land with with animals. But I, I think the pairs even continue on further. And I'm tapping in a little bit to Jesus's comment that is found in the New Testament where he says, hey, listen, the man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. So two more pairs that I want to mention here. First of all, after God created man, and we've already talked about this, he gave man the gift of work and dominion. He gave man this, this, this thing of work. That work is also paired with rest. But I think an, another cool relationship we see here is that it's interesting in the first six days of creation, the spaces are filled with something. For instance, the day and night are filled with the sun, moon, and stars. Again, the sky and sea are filled with the fish and the birds. So in this next thing, the something, and rather than the space being filled with something, the something is filled with space. And I think that's the pattern. And tapping in with what Jesus is saying is that the Sabbath was made for man. So man is the thing that is now being filled, but rather than being filled with something, man is being filled with space being the Sabbath. So it's an inverse of those two things. And I think that's the last pair that man is being filled with the holy space of the Sabbath. Oh, that's interesting. I like that. That's just like what you were saying about the rest when playing piano. Yeah. Thinking of that, that again, the rest is not just stopping working. The rest is, it's, it's a moment of reflection that contributes to the greater story and song that's taking place. Yeah, and and sometimes makes you look back, sometimes makes you anticipate uh, what's coming forward. Uh, Matt, since you punted to Jesus, very Sunday school of you, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it makes me think of the crucifixion. Uh, Jesus is crucified uh, at the end of the week, and Jesus spends the Sabbath in the tomb uh, before a new week begins with a new creation, you know, with the resurrection. That's, oh, that's, that's good. That, that can't be completely accidental, can it? Jesus arose on the first day of the week. It's, it's a new creation week. Oh. I, I love, and I know this is a mild digression, but I love someone's made the point, uh, you know, when the heavenly host appeared a few episodes ago, we referred to Luke chapter two. Uh, it was bright in the middle of the night. When Jesus is crucified, it becomes dark in the middle of the day. Uh, and then just like creation begins with light, Jesus comes out of the tomb on, you know, Sunday morning. It's, it's it, the first day of the week. I think that's so interesting, the parallel there. Mm. It, Chekhov's gun. Uh, Chekhov's yeah. gun. There, there it is. So there's not only pattern of pairs here, because I think the pattern of pairs continues that we shouldn't just have the seventh day off by itself. It's connected to the six days. It's connected to man. Rest is connected to work. But I think there's something else here as well. Talking about moving forward in the text, 
is that I think there's an Exodus connection too, Nathan. I know that you've pointed this out to me before. Okay, so pairs was a major theme of the first six days of creation, but also, as we've talked about, another major theme was the polemic, you know, the pushback against competing ideas. So is there a polemic now in this day of rest? Mm. So much. Uh, you know, the, and the, there's so many points we could talk to. Um, number one is the uh, inherently, there is no astronomical basis for a seven-day week, right? That's right. There's an astronomical basis for the day, one rotation of the earth. There's an astronomical basis for the year, one revolution around the sun. There is no astronomical basis for the seven-day week, which is why, uh, again, uh, the traditional author of uh, Genesis is Moses. Moses is leading the people out of Egypt. The Egyptians didn't have a seven-day week. They had a 10-day week. Uh, the Romans defaulted to an eight-day week. Um, even those societies in antiquity that did have a seven-day week, uh, it was usually associated with uh, the gods. They would associate the celestial bodies, the sun, moon, and a handful of planets uh, with different gods, which is why so many societies have named the days of the week after various gods. Saturday, Saturn's day, Sunday, the day of the sun, uh, Wednesday, Odin's day, Thursday, Thor's day, you know, uh, Friday, Freya's day. Uh, you, you see that dynamic. Genesis is putting all of the days and he's putting all of the time, uh, both when activity is happening and resting is happening. It's putting all of that under one God. And that's that's inherently controversial uh, when those other, you know, uh, those other stories are being told, those other uh, myth structures are existing. Um, it, 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 it can't help but be controversial. OK, so. We talked about the polemic in previous weeks about how, you know, it's purpose versus no purpose or service versus accident. So my question is, how does this day of rest, does it speak at all to any of that about the purpose of man and being made in the image of God? Yeah. So in Genesis, it's really interesting. God establishes this top down uh, you know, structure for the Sabbath as the rest. And as we talked about in episode four, uh, mankind is the visible representation of God. You know, he's the the visible form of the unseen God. He's, he's the image bearer. He's He represents God on creation. And that's so interesting when you get to Exodus, because, for example, look at the Ten Commandments. Uh, the fourth commandment focuses on the Sabbath. Uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Interestingly, there in Genesis 2, 2 and 3, uh, it doesn't come across fully in create uh, in the translation, uh, but it says that God blessed the seventh day. It literally says God made the seventh day, uh, uh, excuse me, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. It literally says that he kadoshed it. He, he sanctified it. He made it holy. That's being referenced in Exodus. Um, so remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You keep it holy because God made it holy, as it captures at the end of that verse. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. This is going to Genesis 2, 2, and 3. On it you shall not do any work, you, but it's not just you, or your son, or your daughter, your male servant, or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is in your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heaven, excuse me, made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. We tend to hear this Sabbath command for rest and make that very individual. What am I allowed to do 
or not do on this day of rest. But look at how collective it is in both Genesis and in Exodus. You know, if God is working on the Sabbath in Genesis, that affects the rest of the created order. And as God's representative, mankind uh, is called to take a day of rest because everyone who's under the head of the household is affected by that decision to work or to rest. If, you know, if, if I take the Sabbath as a day of rest, that affects my wife, that affects my children, that affects our pets, that affects everything. So you see this image-bearing steward of creation idea carried forth, and the Sabbath is one of the primary vehicles for that uh, moving forward in Scripture. That makes me think about Chick-fil-A. <laughs> just, <laughs> not to just mention food, but that makes me think about just how their company has from the top down decided, hey, we're we're going to be closed on Sunday, uh, you know, and at least the history of that is what we know has to do with their religious practice uh, and, you know, the Christian heritage of Truett Cathy. Uh, there are others that argue that, hey, that makes great business sense and things like that. By the way, shameless plug, we, we haven't done this, but if Chick-fil-A wants to sponsor this podcast and send us free samples. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. Uh, Matt, I was talking to you. I, I've got a friend who runs a business and it's a franchise. Uh, this makes me, you the Chip, Chick-fil-A example makes me think of this. He runs a business and it's a franchise and they made a top-down decision uh, that they, you know, they previously were not open on Sunday. They made a top-down decision that they have to be open on Sunday. Um, and he bucked against that a little bit. He, he wasn't happy with it. Um, and they said, no, we're not requiring you to be at work on Sunday. Just your business has to be open on Sunday. And again, it's, it's, it's the same thing as Chick-fil-A. It's a top-down decision. He says, but you're asking me to have my people do something that I'm not willing to do. You're, you're creating a separation between me and them. And if it's important for me uh, to not be there on Sunday, I, I don't want to enforce it on someone else. And again, that's it captures that continuity with mankind bearing the image of God that top down as God's representative on earth. Uh, if, if God models this period of work and rest with one day of rest being the equal pairing with six days of work, um, that's not just important for the person at top. That's that's important for everything underneath that is stewarded by the person at the top. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, another thing that I think about just in practical application, I know one of the phrases that I've heard a lot in church over the last decade, and uh, and there's probably theological systems and things like that that contribute this, is the phrase, it's not about you. And I understand that in American culture, that it, it yes, we tend to be very individualistic, and that, yes, and it's a, it is, there is an appropriateness to tell human beings, hey, it's not about you, it's about God. But that it can be an oversimplification too. You cannot read Genesis 1 and say, hey, the message of the Bible is God saying, it's all about me, shut up. <laughs> there is God, as Jesus' commentary on this, is made this has made the Sabbath for man. He has made, certainly it's for his glory, he has made the other parts of creation in six days, certainly for his glory, but for man. And that's where ultimately this thing is going to head, and the whole idea of the co-rule, the co-heirs with Christ, this whole idea of dominion, it's shared dominion with him. So we're, 
We're making a mistake if we say, hey, life is all about me. But also, just to say it's all about God and you don't matter fails to understand the language here that these are gifts that God is giving to man. Mm. Preach yeah. it, brother. So, Matt, uh, you know, you focus on uh, God uh, giving this to man that both work and rest are blessings for man. And, you know, we've talked about in this that Genesis 1 does not seem to have much reflection on the age of the earth. Why then is there this emphasis on uh, six days and a day of rest, a seventh day? My first Hebrew professor was my father, and he kind of lumped these questions together uh, to make a point. And he said, a lot of times when people ask the age of the earth question, uh, they're asking, could God really make all that there is in six literal days? And he says, but this is God we're talking about. If God so desired, he could do it much faster than that. Or do we really believe that it takes God 24 hours to say, let there be light? Um, and, but I, I think something about, I think something about God is being captured and that you have this evening and morning, day one, evening and morning, you know, throughout creation. And then when you, when you get to this period of rest, it's not just a momentary pause. It's a sustained period that again, this one day by itself as a gift to mankind and as this essential component to stewarding creation, this one day of time uh, stands on equal footing as the pairing with the six days of work. You know, it, it, it smacks that it's whether or not we fully understand what's going on there. This is not meant to be arbitrary. Oh, let's just throw that in at the end. And, you know, speaking of arbitrary, it's funny that when I remember as a kid thinking about the Ten Commandments of when you get to remember the Sabbath day and <laughs> keep it holy. It's like, oh, well, what's that all about? Uh, that's, that's about like going to church. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was that was the takeaway, and it's like, oh, but wait, isn't the Sabbath like uh, Saturday? And like, it seemed like there was just an underdeveloped theology of the Sabbath. You know, you mentioned the Ten Commandments. The Sabbath command is is the command that links how they relate to God to how they relate to each other. That's it. It's it's the stewardship. It's the it's the representative role that God has entrusted to His people. And then also, just to be reminded is that God has given both days, going back to what Jesus, or both kinds of days, going back to what Jesus has said in the Gospels, that the Sabbath was made for man. So days one through six, I think sometimes we think, okay, I've got six days and then the Sunday, that's God's day, or, you know, the Sabbath, you know, that's, I've got my days over here and that's God's days over here. And I'm not going to come back and say, no, they're both God's days. I mean, ultimately, we know that there are. But what we're trying to get across today is that, no, both were created as gifts for mankind. God has given the work week to man so that man might fulfill his purpose. And God has also given the Sabbath to man that man might fulfill his purpose. And that is living in relationship with him and and enjoying him okay so you guys talking about how the bible is not arbitrary and you know whether it be polemic or pairs everything has a purpose and it seems you know i think clear now more than ever that the whole thesis of this podcast which is 
it's best read as a narrative when you're connecting the dots. I think that bears true now more than ever through what we just talked about. Yeah, you get this uh, so clearly in the New Testament. With uh, I think of Colossians 2, 16 and 17. It says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. For these are all a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Uh, you know, we are wrapping up with this episode, our uh, coverage of the first creation account. And it's almost like we've been spending a lot of time and effort pulling back the slingshot uh, to, in subsequent episodes, let her rip as the story moves forward uh, with the saga of, of, of the Bible. And speaking of let no one question you, I think because of what we talked about today, I'm going to go ahead and go to Chick-fil-A before <laughs> I start other projects. <laughs> That's good. But um, yes, thank you guys for being here. Thank you, audience, for listening once again. And we hope you'll join us next week as we dive back deeper into the advent of man. So we'll see you then, and I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Shalom. <laughs> Shalom. You just thought the creation teaching was over. Now we're to the creation story number two. That's right. You've been listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. If you like what you've just heard and want to support the show, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a positive review on whatever platform you're listening. If you have questions or want to contact us, you can visit our website at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com.